you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. In this episode, we're discussing the vagaries of fashion. You can probably tell from my tone of voice that I'm not a big follower of fashion. I've never been into it. I've never seen the point. I like clothes that fit. I like clothes that are comfortable and I like clothes that look good on me. Fashionable clothes, however, they don't necessarily fit that bill. Now, I've explained in several episodes before, I am a chap of slightly larger build. I don't quite fit into a lot of the fashionable clothes because they're not built for people like me. Because companies like Armani, Dolce & Gabbana, etc., I'm not their demographic. They don't want me wearing their clothes because they don't want their clothes to look that bad. Now, okay, they'll sell me shoes, they'll sell me watches, they'll sell me hats, they'll sell me all sorts of stuff. They'll probably even sell me jackets, trousers and things like that that I will look ridiculous in because I don't have the right body shape. Because for them, at the end of the day, they're only interested in how much money they can make. But fashionable stuff has never, ever fit me. There's a chain of stores in the UK called Topman. I used to go in there just to check that they had redressed their approach to the larger gent. There was not a single thing in that store I could buy besides shoes and watches. And I have enough pairs of shoes and I have enough watches. But I was wondering, what's the point of this fashionable, these fashionable clothes costing so much when it's out of season in a few weeks and someone is going to be telling you that you're not in fashion anymore? And I just felt... I, I, this, the idea for this podcast episode came because there's a friend of mine who felt the need to always be in the latest gear. And when he was older and was able to afford it because he had more disposable income, he then opened up to me about how tricky it was when he was in his early 20s trying to be on trend because of how much it cost him and how much he couldn't afford it. And he was having to forgo things like evening meal. He was denying himself food so he could afford to have that latest jumper from that shop. And I just thought that's a ridiculous way to live your life. He agrees now. Because even though he's got more disposable income, he's now stopped buying all this designer gear. He's happier in clothes that fit him, rather than stuff that's uncomfortable, but is is cool and trendy. Oh, and by the way, let me just apologise for using the word trendy there. I, I personally cannot stand that word. But anyway, he was always saying that it led to him to being a little bit depressed in the evening. You know, he, he would sit there in the evening hungry, but, you know, be looking over at his wardrobe and see those expensive shirts hanging there. And he had several of them. And he was the kind of guy that would go out, you know, regularly, um, Thursday nights sometimes, Fridays, Saturdays, and whatever. He'd go out, but he'd go out in different clothes each week. So he would, you know, he would never wear the same shirt twice, which just sounds insane when you think about it. You know, if he's paying £25-30 for a shirt and he wears it once, maybe twice, because after it's been washed it loses all its shape and form and what have you. And, oh, I don't know, it, it just sounded so exhausting to me. And for some reason this chap wandered across my brain the other day and I thought, is fashion actually a topic that causes man blues? And I think it is. Because 
From my side of the coin, I've never been able to buy anything in these stores. I've never been able to walk into a, a fashionable high street store and get something off the shelf, put it on, it fits perfectly, and it's in a price range I can afford. It's never happened. Conversely, my friend has been in all of these stores all throughout his life, and he's gone in there, and everything in there that he wants to buy has fit him, and he's come out 200, 300 pounds lighter, but in his mind, he's got this kind of faux happiness because it's the same kind of shopping endorphins that apparently women get. They kind of like shop yourself happy sort of mentality. And he was doing that an awful lot. But the thing is, it didn't stop at clothes. It was also, what's the current vogue for aftershave or cologne? And he always smells fantastic. He's always got these fantastic aftershaves. How much is that for a bottle? And it's hundreds of pounds for tiny amounts to the point where my wife has these day creams, and this does tie in, by the way. My wife has these day creams and these night creams and these hand creams and these face creams and all the other creams that she's got. And some of them come from a company that costs an absolute fortune for the tiniest amount. And I once jokingly said to her, what on earth is in that cream? Is it whale sperm? Right? Something that I would imagine is hard to harvest, but once you've harvested it, you can sell it for millions. And yeah, yeah, ha ha, there's some expensive things in this cream. Well, he had the exact same thing with these artisan aftershaves that he was buying. And you get like a brand that suddenly becomes on trend because for whatever reason it's been written in a magazine that somebody quite likes it. Isi Miyake was a good one. Isi Miyake came on the market and suddenly everyone smelled of it. It's a nice aftershave. Unfortunately, it kind of didn't work on my skin. It might smell great on that little testing paper they give you in the store and say, here, have a smell of that. You go, yeah, that's really nice. You spray it on you, end of story, because it just doesn't smell good. So I was thinking, if he's going out and buying these artisan aftershaves, which are you know, 150 quid for very little amount of aftershave, and then he's spending all this money on all these shirts, and then he's going out for a night out, and he's you know, having himself a fun time and so on, and then he comes back in the morning and he just feels low and depressed and upset because... Not only has he spent all that money, but he now knows he won't be wearing that shirt again because he's been seen out in it. And I was like, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I've never cared what I wear. I've never cared how I look. As I get older, I do want to have a differentiation between house clothes and outside clothes. And I've been doing that for years. If you haven't done this, I can highly recommend it. So we have a rule in this house take your shoes off the minute you come in the front door but I now have another rule that was given to me by a friend of mine from Germany and that other rule is when I come in with my outside clothes on I go upstairs and I get changed to my inside clothes now these aren't clothes that I can't go outside in because they're clothes but they're clothes that I don't go out in because they're just for use around the house things like lounge pants now if you're not familiar with the lounge pant by all means pause this podcast and go away and google them and you'll be surprised at what defines a lounge pant I've had people point out my lounge pants when they come around, specifically my son's friends when he was younger, and they would come around and they would laugh at the fact, I'm, I'm actually wearing a pair now, they say rock and roll on them, they're a horrible snot green colour, and they've got animal from the Muppets on them, okay? But they're lounge pants, they're not meant to be seen and worn outside, I mean, sure, okay, I'll wheel the bins down to the bottom of the driveway for the bin men, I, I am seen outside in them, and my neighbour commented yesterday about how he likes the look of my trousers, there of course was sarcasm in his voice. But his wife immediately said, yeah, they're cool, where did you get them? And I just said, look, they're lounge pants, I just wear them in the house. Now the difference between a lounge pant and a pyjama, because this is something I've had to fight with people, a lounge pant 
has pockets. Pajamas do not. So when I'm standing there with my hands in my pockets and you're saying I'm wearing pajamas, you're wrong. Point is, I have these indoor clothes. So it will be a grotty t-shirt. And by grotty, I mean one that I should have thrown away a long time ago, where the neck's a bit frayed, the collar's a bit frayed, there's a hole somewhere across the midriff. Um, it's seen better days. It's not a painting and decorating t-shirt yet. You, you know that fine line between that designer t-shirt that costs you £25 a shirt and that t-shirt you put on when you're doing the painting? It's right in the middle of that. So it's comfortable to wear around the house, but it's not necessarily one you would wear outside unless it was covered up under a jumper, etc. You get the point. So these are clothes that, they're clothes, but I'm not necessarily happy to be seen outside with them. So I was thinking, when it comes down to clothes, you, as a younger man, you tend to buy clothes that fit as part of a scene. Now, I don't believe there's actually been a youth culture scene for a long time. I'm talking, a youth culture scene could be things like the mods, the rockers, the punks, the new wave of British heavy metal, even the new wave of new romantics, you know, all that sort of stuff. They all had an identity and they all had a specific look. And then it kind of carried on over into the football supporters side. They had that, what they call casuals. So it was made by sports companies like Fila, Kappa, that, that sort of thing. People started wearing those clothes, you had a certain identity. And nowadays I think the identity would be sort of hoodies and trackies and that sort of thing. That's your modern identity. Now that stuff that those kids are wearing now isn't particularly expensive. I mean a hoodie and a pair of you know tracksuit trousers doesn't break the bank. So it's, I'm not complaining about how much it costs now versus how much it costs then. I'm just talking about how I don't think you need to actually wear those things. If my son was part of a gang of kids who were hanging out of the weekend and my son decides to go out in jeans and trainers, he's not going to be ostracised by them because he's not wearing trackies. And if he decides to wear a coat instead of a hoodie, he's not going to be ostracised. They're still going to be welcoming because it's not an actual identity. He doesn't have to belong to that group wearing the hoodies. So I was thinking about my friend and why he needed to go, why he felt the need to be on point with all this stuff. And I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I started to think, you know, these, these young guys when they were, you know, like teenagers, whatever. I recently went to a gig and it's, it's a band that's been around since the mid 80s. And so you can imagine that the audience is quite old. A lot of the men in the crowd are men who listened to them back in the 80s, so me included. And there was a man there who was easily 10 years older than me, which is perfectly fine. I'm not saying that about being his ageist or anything like that, but he was dressed like a skinhead from the late 70s. So he was wearing the green bomber jacket and he had skin-tight jeans with turn-ups on and he had Doc Martin boots that were well up to his shin. He looked every inch like he was going to kick off a fight at any second. He had a Trilby hat on. He was drunk to his eyeballs, his teeth were swimming, and he was bumping into everybody. And I just thought, you look ridiculous because you dressed like you were dressed when you were 30 years younger. And I thought, that's him dressing like that because he wants to belong to where he was when he was a kid. But those sort of clothes, you know, that kind of look, that skinhead thing, it's, it's all, it all ties into a specific look and feel. And I'm kind of, I want to call an end to it. I want to say that it's time that people just stop trying to have the latest thing. My mobile phone is three models old, but I'm not bothered about it because the battery is still fantastic in it, the phone still works, the camera's still amazing, I've got no need to upgrade, so I don't see the point. And I think people are slowly catching on to the iPhone thing, where 
every sort of 18 months iPhone releases its new model but all it is is it's just a couple of camera lenses being moved around and they've just incremented a number but each time they release it there's three releases of the same phone and I think when the iPhone 11 came out, maybe it was the iPhone 10, I forget which, when, when the, original, the first price tag was £1,000, people finally looked at Apple and went, are you kidding me? There's no way anyone's going to buy it. I mean, people went out and bought it because some people have to have it. But I think a lot of people just said, no, we're not doing this. It's ridiculous. And I think the people have slowly realised that they're being conned. That's what all these designer companies do. They con you. And what it does is, specifically with Apple and the iPhone, it causes a war, in quotes, with Android users, but for no reason other than to flex on people. It's like, oh, check out me, I've got a brand new iPhone. And? You've chosen the iPhone because of your reasons. Other people have chosen the Android because of their reasons. Cool stuff isn't cool forever. That's the problem. And brand names can end up having a negative association with them. I'm not saying Apple, but Fred Perry, for example, which was a famous sort of sporting brand from, from the tennis player, those clothes have now been adopted by neo-Nazis in Germany. So anyone who wears Fred Perry in Germany could be associated with being a Nazi just because they want to look in that kind of 70s, 80s chic that the casuals had on the football terraces. I'm also not saying that converse to that, you need to go out and buy the cheap garbage that you can get from Primarni, as we hilariously call it in the UK. You just need to find a balance between what you want to wear and what you can afford. There's absolutely no point getting yourself into financial trouble for the sake of having that latest iPhone. You know, I'm not, but I'm also not saying that every single financial decision you take has to be one where you really, really think about whether you need that shirt or not. If you want that shirt, you should be able to buy it. But you shouldn't need to go out like my friend and buy four different shirts, all of which cost 50 quid, for the sake of it being a slightly different shade of pastel. I mean, he realises now just how ridiculous he behaved, but at the time he was kind of unable to stop himself. So, positivity. I don't really know how to give positivity about this kind of issue, because if you're affected by it, if you feel as though you need to buy these things, you need to be on point with your fashion. I don't really know what I can do to help you, because I've never suffered from it. But all I can do is... If, if you ask yourself these kind of rather poignant questions, what do you feel that you gain long-term by being on trend? What are you gaining from it? Where do you stand in years to come by knowing that you were fashionable at the time? And also, if it's affecting how you sleep or rest because you've either got bad debts or you worry that you're out of fashion, you need to seek help. Because being in fashion is only a judgmental status from other people. And trust me, People aren't looking at you because you're not a person of interest. Unless you're specifically in the public light and having that spotlight shone on you, somebody like David Beckham, then maybe you need to consider being fashionable. And even he says that when he looks back at some of his old photos of his hairstyles and all the other bits and pieces he used to do, even he admits that he looked ridiculous. But at the time, he was trying to do something different because everyone else was being a clone of David Beckham. But if you're Steve and you're from Droitwich, you don't need to worry too much about whether you're going to stand out like David Beckham because you're Steve and you need to sort of remember that and also kind of understand that you don't have to be at the cutting edge of fashion when you live in Droitwich. Do you know what I mean? Not to say that you're insignificant and not worth it because that's counterproductive. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just suggesting that 
Chasing the unchaseable dream that you're not going to reach isn't ideal. And if it's going to be causing you more heartache and hurt because you're struggling with money, you're getting yourself into debt, all these other bits and pieces, just for the sake of looking cool down the pub, you need to talk to somebody. You need to reevaluate things because it's going to end up burying you and that's not going to be fun for anybody. So I'm Leon Deggs and please don't ask me for fashion advice because I can only buy shoes and watches. Thanks for listening.